Hello everybody and welcome back to the Real Time Podcast. This podcast is for those who are looking to become inspired and level up in all aspects of life. The Real Time Podcast brings you content of real value through being open, honest and upfront about how things are to provide real and constructive advice on how to start stepping up and becoming your highest self. Well then, what are you waiting for? It's time to get real. to be diving into this episode today with a fellow podcaster. So welcome, Ebony. How are you? Um, I'd love it if you could just like dive straight in and tell our listeners a bit about you. Yeah, amazing. Uh, So my name is Ebony May. I am 22 years old and I live down uh, on the ocean. Oh my God. Great ocean. (laughs) Down near the Great Ocean Road. I'm, I'm in Sage 4 restrictions, so you can just cut that out. Um, so, yeah, I live down in Victoria in Geelong by the beach, which has been a massive goal my whole life. I'm a qualified nutritionist and personal trainer, and I just like to help and inspire girls and women to feel good in about their bodies. I came from a quite damaging relationship with food and exercise growing up and I began to heal that for myself. But every day that gets better for me. I think it's definitely a journey. And yeah, now I just now I just help other girls do the same and continue on my journey of self-love and continuing to improve my relationships both with other people, my connections and just yeah, my relationship with food, exercise and myself. I'm so excited to like dive into everything you just said there and learn so much more about all of that specifically like you know your involvement with health and your journey with health as well like I'm so excited to um, hear all about that and how you've worked through different things to get to where you are now also super super awesome like nutritionist and PT wow accomplishing so much Um, you know so young it's so fun too because we're both the same age and we both got so many different goals we're chasing at the moment including podcasting which is why I think I've connected so quickly with you um, which is awesome so that's something I'd love to ask you about also is your podcast so tell us all about your podcast um is it called real health real talk um or like tell us all about it like why did you start it how long have you been doing it what's the purpose of it like just dive into it yeah so it was called real health real talk but now it's just real health podcast because it was just too much of a mouthful so I changed that at the end of season two. I'm about to go into season three and I'm a bit of a crazy person because we're doing three episodes a week, which is very intense. So I do three types of different episodes. I do Mundivation, which is just kind of like a guided meditation. It's to help you like pick you up on a Monday morning. So I talk about body image or self-talk or inspiration, motivation, that sort of stuff. And then on a Wednesday, I do a solo episode. So I often get requests to talk about different things. So once I, I always screenshot those and then once I have enough of those are thinking okay great I'm going to do an episode on that so I've got a really awesome um list that I need to actually record of of my solo episodes for season three and then on Friday I do interview episodes and I've been really lucky to interview some really amazing people I just I love podcasting so much it definitely makes up the bulk of what I spend my time in um and yeah I just I love it so so much I started it at the end of 2018 so I was about a year and or kind of two years into my degree 
And it was just about me spreading my message further. I, I look back at my first episode or I listen back and I think, oh my goodness, it's awful. But um, I'm so proud of myself for starting and just, just giving it a go because now, it, honestly, it's just the thing that I love most. I've been able to meet so many amazing people through the podcast and interview a lot of people who have inspired me like Georgie Stevenson and Ashley Vines and, yeah, just a lot of people who I really, really look up to and definitely a lot of amazing people coming for season three. I'm so stoked. Um, but, yeah, so basically, it's called Real Health. It was called Real Health, Real Talk, but as I said, that was too long. Um, and the idea of that is because when I was really struggling with the idea of health and I had a really bad relationship with food and exercise, I constantly was looking for the one answer, for the one idea uh, that was healthy. And I realized I was saying like to people, like, well, what is real health? This YouTube like this YouTube video says this and then this Instagram page says this and this person says that, that book says that. There's just so many conflicting ideas. So part of the reason behind me wanting to study nutrition and, and study exercise was the fact that I wanted to know the one way you know, what is real health. But as I went through my degree and I, you know, tried a lot of different things, I realized that there's no one idea of real health because it encompasses everything. To me, real health is feeling really excited about living, which is a little acronym, which is all part like R-E-A-L. Um, one of the reasons I made that as well, but just feeling good within your body and, and living a life that makes you happy. And so to me, I thought what a better way to inspire and empower other women to find what real health means to them. But then by creating content that is asking all of these influential people what it means to them so then they can get the idea that, well, okay, well, this is what real health means to Ashley Vines or this is what real health means to this person. What does it mean to me? And they can take drips and drabs of that, but really it's an empowerment platform, I like to call it. It's empowering women to think, I don't have to follow a diet. I don't have to listen to what this person says. I can I can take little bits that resonate with me and things that mean things to me, but I at the end of the day, I'm developing this for my own journey. Yes, that's incredible. I love that so, so much. And you actually like completely dived into the next question I wanted to ask you there, but I'm going to backtrack because I love how you mentioned that. Um, so yeah, obviously you've been doing your podcast for quite some time now, a couple of years. And I love how you said that you just decided to start. And even though you listen back to it now and you think, oh my gosh, that sounded horrible. Like that's the thing about starting. Like you, the only way you're ever going to get good at something and the only way that you can ever, ever grow or like, you know, perfect something is by taking that first step and just jumping in and starting and accepting that, okay, yeah, I'm probably going to suck in my first episode, but now you're look going into season three and I'm sure the growth that you can see that you've made within yourself is incredible. And I think that your listeners will also be able to see that as well and be really inspired by that journey that you've been able to go on and really document for other people to see as well. So that's awesome. I'm so glad you did mention that there. And I think that, um, you know, what you were saying that real health means to you, that was going to be my next question. Um, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely love how you broke that down and how you were able to then identify that there is no one definition or one, you know, image that fits real health and what real health is to you might be different for me. And, and that, and that's beautiful knowing that there is diversity and health. And I love that you're going out and you're showing people this and you're helping them sort of discover what is their version of real health. Um, because I think that's something really beautiful and something that we need a lot more of because 
I think with social media in particular, everyone becomes so fixated on these images they're seeing that they confuse what is health and what is a highlight that is, you know, being shown to us through reels or through our feeds and all of that. So I think this is incredible work that you're doing. And um, I'm so, you know, excited for you to share more about your personal health journey with us. So before we do dive into your health journey, though, I wanted to quickly ask you, do you feel like you have now achieved your own version of real health for yourself? Or is that something that you're still really working on at the moment? I don't think real health, to me anyway, it's it's not a destination. I think it's a feeling. I think it's a feeling that you have to achieve every single day. And there are definitely days or moments um, where I'm not living my real health. Uh, and that's completely okay because you're not going to do that every single day. I think that every single day and as you get older, you become more of yourself. And I always say, and this sounds so dramatic, but I honestly don't think I'll be completely fulfilled as a person until I have children. Cause ever since I was like a little girl, I wanted to be a mum. So even things like that, I think that there's no, there's no destination for me, a huge aspect of real health. It, it goes into happiness and, and fulfillment and all that sort of stuff. So I definitely think that most of the time I live a version of my, I live a version of real health every single day. Um, and also when to me, when I have Uber Eats with my boyfriend, like that's still living real health because that's so fun. And that's a a big thing that I have learned over the years is that I used to think that when you're on a health kick or when you were living real health, that it meant that you were eating perfectly every day, that you were exercising really hard every day, that every single thing that you did made up that. But what I've started to realize is that, um, and also this concept that's really piqued my interest lately is being body neutral. Um, So essentially not having to overly love yourself or think about it all the time, but have a neutral relationship with food and exercise and yourself to the point where you don't have to think about it every day. So I think I'm a lot less meticulous about my, um, my health and things like that, but I care a lot more for the right reasons. Now I used to be very monitoring everything that I ate, but then I'd have a massive binge. Um, so yeah, I think I've definitely come a long way. Do I, do I live the healthiest version of myself every single day? No, but when I don't have nutritionally dense foods, I don't, I guess it's not, I don't view that as me not being real health. So I don't know. That's a really interesting question. I think that I think it's something that I try to live by every single day and I don't think it's a destination. I think it's a way of living your life. Yeah, I I agree with that. Actually, that was a really, really great answer you gave because I think you're right. Every single day, what is like, you know, everything in life changes, like how you were saying about, you know, you you probably won't feel your complete fulfillment until you have your children, but then you're probably going to get to that point where you have your children and that's going to change. You're going to be like, actually, no, I'm not going to be completely fulfilled until I see that my children are feeling fulfilled through their lives and all of that. So like our purpose is continually changing. And I think that's a great concept because I think real health is also continually changing. Like each day that we move through our life, um, we are kind of working towards achieving that you know, that shiny figure of real health. But it's like you said, it's a journey. It's not a destination like anything that you're working towards in life. So you answered that really, really well. Good for you. (laughs) And so the next question that I did want to dive into then is um, all about your health journey. 
So what has your health journey been like? Um, what was it that kind of made you start taking those first steps? Because there are always first steps that need to be taken towards healthy living. It's not like you wake up one day and you know, you're, you're there. Um, and why has it become such a strong passion of yours that you know, you've created a podcast around it, you're studying it, and you're building a lifestyle around health and well-being? Oh, that's, I, I, I don't know how to answer that without talking for three hours. But I think the biggest thing for me is, um, and my boyfriend always says, he hears this story all the time, but it all started when I was 17 because that's when my relationship with food and relationship with exercise became toxic. And for me, that's when I started my health kick. Like, and I'm doing like quotation marks there because it's, it wasn't healthy. So I think my journey went a lot like not caring at all. Like I was raised in a, in a household where my parents had a great relationship with food and they, they fostered that great relationship with food. We were allowed to have McDonald's and things like that, but it was only sometimes we, we ate a lot of vegetables, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was in the background for me. My relationship with food went from being in the background to then being an obsession. My relationship with exercise became an obsession to the point where I've told this story a lot of times, but my breaking point I think was when I missed a, an exercise class and I started crying because I missed the exercise class. And now I just, I honestly am like, Oh my goodness, what a drama queen. But I, that's how obsessed I was with it. So I think, retrospectively when I thought oh here I go I'm going to start getting healthy is when when I was my most unhealthy and then I sort of started to learn that um that I was in a toxic relationship with food and exercise so and I think that my relationship with food and exercise still because I had such a damaged relationship with it still sometimes I have days where I'm obsessed with like looking at myself in a certain way or I think I look not very good in a certain lighting or something like that or I think, oh, I shouldn't eat that. And it's about catching yourself. For me, it's not it's not about having a perfect run or a perfect scoreboard. You've got to have days where you don't feel great within your body, but it's about the the comeback rate. So catching yourself straight away and thinking, okay, how can I, how can I move forward from this and not be obsessed with it? Um, so so yeah, it's quite it's quite funny because I think a few years ago, if someone said, when did you start your health journey? I would have said, yeah, cool. When I was 17, I started doing this, started doing that. But I was incredibly unhealthy at that time because I didn't factor in joy. I didn't factor in happiness and I wasn't very happy. And I look back at photos and I was quite lean. And I remember at that time thinking that I was overweight. And so I, I really had a bad relationship with food, bad relationship with exercise, bad relationship with myself and my body image. And it was really body dysmorphia because I, I couldn't wait to get to a lower body fat percentage and a lower body fat percentage. And I could not, I could not like disagree with my mentality of health more. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it just sort of evolved. I started realizing that it was toxic and I started to heal that, which is, I guess my, every day I try to be, be more present with how I eat and how I exercise. And it's definitely a lot easier now. I think I have a quite good relationship with food and exercise. Um, but yeah, a lot of things happened along the way. I had really problematic skin. I went through college, so I didn't have a great relationship with food then and I got quite unwell. I went vegan for a year and a half and that didn't do great things for my health. I found out that I have celiac disease. So a lot of things have happened and even now there's a few things that I'm working on within my body to, to improve my health, but it's all from the process of functionality. Whereas it used to be, I just want to look a certain way. Now it's, I want to, I want to function 
optimally and I want to be able to have children and, and I want to have longevity. So it's, it's been a really big shift for me. And that's what I'm so passionate about telling, especially young girls who resonate with my story. And I have a younger sister, so a lot of it I want to do for her because I can't go back and, and stop myself from what I got into, but I can maybe help her and I can maybe help people like her who are at that age to, to try and not tie our worth to our appearance. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think that it's such a common thing to see as well for both like teenage boys and teenage girls, like that during these teenage years when we are kind of, you know, transitioning into adulthood, we've kind of, our bodies are changing. We're starting to like, you know, have an interest in the opposite sex or same sex, you know, whatever floats your boat. Um, And I think that it's during those times that we all really struggle with these body image issues and then these poor mentalities towards health and what we perceive as health. And I personally like completely resonate with everything you were saying then about, you know, working out for the wrong reasons, becoming like too obsessive over, you know, losing weight, even though you don't have any weight to lose and getting too caught up in taking a rest day because you feel like you're going to lose all your progress and having to catch yourself out on those negative mindset habits and those negative thought processes towards your relationship with training and eating and all of that. And it's just important to kind of stop and question yourself and ask, well, why do we have these obsessive thoughts? Like, why do we feel the need that we have to absolutely exhaust and deplete ourselves in order to feel some sort of self gratification or self love towards our body image and all of that. So thank you so much for sharing your journey. I'm sure sure there's so many people that could relate to everything you just shared in some way. And I hope that you've kind of helped give them a bit of guidance to realize that it is important to catch yourself out on those negative relationships you're developing towards your training or your eating and all of that. So I guess on the opposite side of things then, what is your current approach to diet and exercise? How has this changed? What are the sorts of healthy habits that you really try to implement on a daily basis and also promote? Because I know, like, I love watching your social media and when you share your little weekly videos, giving some healthy tips and all of that, I absolutely love everything you're preaching. So yeah, what's your current approach to diet and exercise that you'd love to share with everyone? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for me and my little motto is if you're going to live it, you've got to love it. So the biggest thing that I advocate for is there's no one type of exercise. And to me, I honestly couldn't care less if if you never wanted to exercise because if that's what you want to do, like if you just go for a walk once a month, like cool. Like I know that that's not in line with the nutritional guidelines or the physical activity guidelines of Australia, but they don't mean anything if we're unhappy. So I think the biggest thing for me is you've got to love the way that you live. And for so long, I didn't. And now that's my goal every single morning. So I might feel like going for a run. Sometimes I don't. I might do Pilates. I might do a hit session. I might. Yeah, it's so different every single day. Um, Food-wise, I'm I'm pretty, I'm not boring because I like a lot of spices and things like that. But I do have my favorite meals and to me I love trying to just fit as many vegetables as I can uh, within a meal I'm such a nerd like that I think after you study a nutrition degree you love you love to try to pack a punch with your meals and and try and make them taste delicious and uh, so yeah I eat a lot of whole foods and vegetables um, and just very minimal ingredients I like to steer clear from a lot of processed foods like it's nothing new I think I try and eat as close to 
as we were like when we were evolving as I do now, I think I do eat um, meats when I feel like it. I feel like I'm just really, I am continuing to build a good relationship with my body in the way that I know what I feel like. Um, and I know what my body needs. So that's the biggest thing for me in my approach to both exercise and food is what do you need right now? Do you need, do you need a rest day? Do you need to go have a sweaty session in the gym? Or do you feel like you need a big bowl of vegetables? Or do you need to like, are you, are you going to enjoy going out for dinner and having a good time and filling your soul up? I think there is, however, I do like to mention in this, some people might say, well, Ebony, if I wasn't on a diet or if I didn't care about what I ate, then I would just eat everything in the house. Well, that's, that's totally different because your body doesn't want that. So it's about deciphering, okay, how do I know what my body wants? And the way that you can do that, it's, it's tricky. You've got to build back that communication line. It's almost like a phone call that's been been like disrupted so many times because we're using diet and diet culture instead of actually listening to it. So you've got to build that communication back up with your body. And it starts by asking yourself very simple questions. And I say this all the time, when you go to eat, are you actually hungry? Because what's happened is that we, ha we have these mechanisms within our body. We have our hunger hormones, we have our satiety hormones, but we never listen to them. We eat because it's breakfast time or we eat because we're going out for dinner or we eat because there's food or we eat because we want to break or we eat because we're sad or we eat because we're happy. And those things are fine in moderation, but we need to start recognizing why we eat and and if we're eating the, the foods that we need in that moment. So I, I did a whole episode actually on emotional eating um, and cravings and things like that in my podcast where I go into that a little bit more. But essentially, it's about eating if you're hungry. And I think once you heal your relationship with food, you'll find that you don't want to eat unless you're hungry. Um, because I've definitely been there where you think about food all the time. And I, I'll openly say that, is my relationship with food perfect? Absolutely not. Do I slip back into really bad habits? Absolutely. But I can say wholeheartedly that my relationship with food is nowhere near as all-consuming as it was. I think that um, if you're, and so many people will be able to re resonate with this, unfortunately, all of our thoughts are taken up by food, our next meal. Um, and thinking there's not enough when you just need to eat until you feel full and you don't need to eat if you're already full. Um, you need to make sure that you're drinking enough water and they're just the basics, the pure, pure basics of what we were, were doing like in the caveman days. So yeah, that's, that's very much my approach. Um, and I think, yeah, I, like I said, I'm not perfect now, but I, I listen to my body. That's just my number one thing. Yeah. And I'm going to repeat what you said earlier on because um, I really loved this quote and I want to make sure our listeners heard it. Love the way you live. Like, I think that is so awesome. Um, the way that you summarize that, because I think that it's so important to kind of find your healthy and your healthy is going to be different to someone else's healthy. So you want to be able to incorporate this into a lifestyle for yourself so that it isn't a chore. It isn't something you have to dread doing. It's just something that comes with ease and something that you enjoy and get pleasure from. So it should be about like creating a lifestyle for yourself rather than creating those obsessive habits. So create a lifestyle around your approach to eating and to your approach to exercise. And like you were saying, it doesn't have to be this whole thing of going to the gym seven days a week. It could be going for a walk, getting outdoors, doing a stretch, like finding the things that bring you that joy in your day to day so that you do create a lifestyle that you really, really love. And I think that restrictions 
tend to create such negative habits for ourselves and within ourselves. So um, like you were saying about um, the approach you take to eating, it's about being intuitive opposed to being restrictive and recognizing why we are eating. And I think that's such a great point that you brought up because so many people don't even think about that because we do get stuck into this routine of these restrictions, even of breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, if you're into dessert, like, you know, so it's about recognizing why you are eating and are you hungry or are you wasting time? Are you procrastinating? Like you say, and I'm such a sucker for boredom eating. That's something that I'm really working on in my day to day. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing that insight into like intuitive eating and um, creating a lifestyle that you really do love for yourself. So the next topic that I wanted to explore with you is all related to self-love and self-worth. So would you mind just like sharing with us, um, what does self-love and self-worth mean for you? And then we'll go a bit into kind of like how you practice it and all of that sort of stuff next. Yeah, so I liked, I like the idea of unconditional self-love because I think so often in our lives, we're offering this unconditional love to everyone in our lives except for ourselves. So I know that when I was in, when I had a bad relationship with food and exercise, there were definitely days that I thought I loved myself, but they were contingent on what I looked like, how much I weighed, the food I'd eaten that day, the food I'd eaten yesterday. So I think a lot of us, we, we say, oh, yeah, I love myself sometimes. What is, what is it contingent on? What are you resting your worth on what are you resting your self-love on because that's not that's conditional love i think so many of us love it ourselves conditionally whereas if your if your mum came to you you would not you would not say oh you you don't you weigh too much today sorry i don't love you or you don't look good in that outfit sorry i don't love you and it seems absolutely absurd for us to treat someone we love like that and yet the person who we spend 24 7 like with ourselves, the person who was there when we were born, who's going to be there when we take our last breath, the person who is the only person we are stuck with 100% of the time, we don't prioritize that relationship. We don't prioritize having unconditional love for that person. So that's a, that's a huge thing to me. And that does not mean that you have to love the way that every part of you looks to love yourself. Absolutely not. Because that's not that's conditional as well. So I like the idea of unconditional love because it doesn't mean that every single day you're going to be dancing in the mirror naked, blowing kisses at yourself, thinking you're the hottest thing ever. It just means that you accept yourself completely, fully and wholly for how you are now. It also doesn't mean that you can't change yourself in the future. Sometimes I have physique goals at the moment. Like when I go back to Geelong, I'm probably going to do a little like little tweak of my my nutrition and my exercise because I haven't been exercising enough here only because we can't go outside so it doesn't mean that you can't change yourself but don't think that once you get that change you'll love yourself because if you if you put a goal post there and say that's when you're going to love yourself it's just going to keep moving and moving and moving until you believe that you're enough nothing will ever fill that void of not feeling enough Yes. Wow. You absolutely nailed that question. I love the idea of unconditional self-love because like, you know, when we're in a relationship or, you know, if you've got a child, like you just naturally, you give them your unconditional love. You don't say, you know, if you don't do this with your health, I'm not going to love you. Or if you change this about your appearance, I'm not going to love you. So why is it that we then put these conditions on, our self-worth and the self-love that we have for ourselves. So I think that's a really powerful concept that you did talk about there. And I love the whole idea of you don't have to love everything about yourself. You just have to be able to accept yourself. 
And I think that really takes the whole concept of self-love from that superficial level to a very spiritual level. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so then in saying so, like how do you practice self-love, um, whether it be on a daily basis, a weekly basis, like do you have any self-care sort of rituals or you know affirmations or anything that you like to use to personally improve your like own self-image and self-worth? Yeah, 100%. I, I kind of get a bit annoyed in the term self-care because I think we've made it in some ways unachievable. Um, and we look at, like, I think I love doing a face mask every now and then. And I love having a bath. But I don't think that that means that I love myself. For me, the way that I show myself love is feeding myself with nutritious foods, listening to my body, being gentle with myself, keeping a handle on my self-talk, making sure that my self-talk is positive. And then when I do have negative thoughts, that I try and combat that and see where that's coming from. Um, loving myself is respecting myself and respecting myself in front of other people. And if I'm disrespected, then I'm going to recorrect that. Uh, I think that, yeah, sometimes, like you said, it's such a such a superficial way that we view self-love and, and self-care sometimes. And I don't mean that you can never do those things. And sometimes I feel really great when I even like, I'm really bad at washing my hair in isolation. Like I will go 10 days without washing my hair. And I have really long hair. So it's just a mess. And when I do wash it, I think, oh, I just feel so good. So I get that. I get that. But if you, it's just, that's not, it's not that simple. I think that you have to show yourself love through everything that you do. It's just like with your family members, like, yeah, you might say, I love you. Like when they leave how you show love for them is everything else it's how you show up it's how you listen to them it's how you care for them it's how you do go out of your way to do things for them and I think that's to me what self-love and self-care actually is in in a, in a more broadly in a more in a more realistic sense because you can have you can do a face mask every single night but if you're not respecting yourself if you're letting others disrespect you if you're feeding your body with absolute crap if you're not exercising if you're not moving your body if you're depressed if you've got anxiety and you're not addressing it because you don't give yourself enough worth to think it should be addressed then that stuff isn't going to do anything so that yeah i hope that answered the question I, i'm going to up <laughs> no that definitely did answer the question and it's so interesting as well because i was actually driving to the gym early this morning and i was thinking about the whole concept of self-care on my way to the gym and i was like you know it is i mean whilst these you know things like face masks and physical things that we can be doing to ourselves to enhance our mood or wind us down or whatever it may be these are such surface level definitions of what self-care is that I think people forget that you have to go deeper if you really want to care for yourself, care for your soul, and you need to move it to a more psychological level. Because I was, I came up with this really random analogy <laughs> in the car this morning. So it might not make sense to other people when I say it out loud, but pretty much it's kind of like, you know, when you have a wall and someone vandalizes the wall, you can paint over that wall and essentially, you know, mask the issue and give it self-care, make it look better again. But if you don't put the time into actually scrubbing that vandalism off the wall, the problem's still there. It's just hidden. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how we need to look at self-care as well. We can do all these surface level superficial things for ourselves, but if we don't dive deeper and really, really look into exploring ourselves and taking self-care from that perspective, then 
we're never going to take it to the next level and we're really never going to be able to truly care for ourselves. So um, I think that was fun. I'm so glad I got to share that just then. I did not think this was going to go that way. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's, I think it's so, so true. And I always say as well, if you picture your pet, um, you, you take it for walks, you make sure it's fed and you give it love and you that means that you're caring for that pet. You, know, you don't put a face mask on your dog or like give it a massage or, you know, it's to me, it's those fundamental things that we, we take care of everyone around us, but we don't prioritize taking care of ourselves beneath that, that Instagram-y superficial level of doing a face mask. I think sometimes we think I'll slap on a face mask. Yep. Yeah, self-care tick. But there's, like you said, there's a lot more things that go deeper than that. Completely, completely. And I'm so glad we got to touch on that today. Um, so I do have two more questions I wanted to ask you before we wrap up this episode. So obviously, as I mentioned earlier on, you have such a positive social media presence, which I absolutely love. I love filling my feed with like people like yourself because I feel like I'm gaining so much value and, um, you know, like positivity from being a part of your page. So I guess like, what is your ultimate goal that you want to achieve through your platform? Like, what is your vision? What is the main message you're trying to put out? Because I'd love to have some of our listeners jumping over and really benefiting from the com- like the content that you're sharing on a daily basis. Thank you. I love hearing that. It's always like when you get, and you'd be the same. I think when people message you, they think it's so off the cuff and that it won't make a mark. But when people message me and say things like you just said, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. Because that's honestly why I push through. And even on days when I don't feel like posting or anything like that, I I still do it. I guess my biggest goal for my social media is to encourage and inspire women and girls to improve their relationship or prioritize their relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, themselves. I think if we start to prioritize our relationship with ourselves the relationships around us are only going to benefit from that yep completely I absolutely love that and that's exactly the message that you're giving off through all of your work so keep it up and um, I can't wait to see everything else that you start pumping out and like you said even when you have those moments where you don't feel like getting the work done like we all have those days it's so incredible and it says so much about you um in how that like you continue to show up and you push through this because you have a greater purpose you have a mission that you're on and you're not going to let anything get in the way of that so that's such like girl boss power love it so the final question that I did want to ask you um given this is the real-time podcast what is one piece of real advice that you would love to leave our listeners with today Oh, okay. That's hard. I didn't know you were going to ask that. And now I'm like, oh, advice, advice. This is so hard. Okay. You can have a think um, about it. I think, I think a lot of the time it seems like it, won't, it matters so much what others think of us. But I think if we even put half of that energy into making sure that we are okay with ourselves and that we love ourselves, then we're going to be a lot happier. I think at the end of the day, nobody else like and and we all think we all think that what other people thinks about us matters at the end of the day you've got you for life and I think that means that if you've got you for life then that is a relationship worth prioritizing so no matter what people say no matter and I'm sure I think you probably have a young demographic as well I know when you're going through high school and things like that it feels like it has so much weight but at the end of the day if you feel okay with you 
you're going to be so much better off. So prioritize that relationship with yourself and don't let the thoughts or the perceived thoughts of others get in the way of that. Yes, that was perfect. And I think that is so important to stop caring what other people think, because at the end of the day, all that matters is what your opinion is on yourself and what you think of yourself. And if you have such a positive outlook on who you are and a positive opinion on who you are and what you bring, then the chances are other people share that same opinion about you. So thank you so, so much, Ebony, for coming on today. I have absolutely loved our chat. The energy was incredible and I've just learned so much from you. So I really, really do appreciate you taking the time and joining us on this episode. Thank you so much. I loved it so, so much. And your energy is amazing too. I've been been taking your energy and using it. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into my real-time podcast. I have had so much fun making this and I hope this has been able to help you in some way. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to share it with someone who may be in need of hearing it. My goal with this channel is to bring you guys content of real value. So help me share this message and share this podcast by screenshotting it and tagging me on your stories. By doing so, you'll be doing your part in helping me build this platform and build a space where people can listen, can grow and can overcome whatever obstacles are getting in the way of their success. But that starts with you guys. Tag me at emilyjane.dm in your stories and hashtag realtime and I'll be sure to reshare you on my page. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening in today. Your support honestly means the world to me. So until next time, keep it real. Thank you.